That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello and welcome to another episode of Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as usual is my brother, Michael. Michael. Ooh, made it. Finally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm glad you can join us for well, this podcast. I'm glad I'm back. Thank you. <laughs> Today, we're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 21, called The Touch. It originally aired on April 30th, 1990. The director is Harry Longstreet. And the writers are Stephen Long Mitchell and Craig Van Sickle. Thank you. Yeah. I don't owe you any money. Oh, come on. When the credits were rolling, your cheeks looked like Niagara Falls. Now cough up 20. Come on. Niagara Falls? He was crying like a baby. I know about that. I wasn't crying. Right. Hey, what's with the kid? Uh, the sitter didn't show. Uh, why were you crying, Matthew? I wasn't! I got some popcorn salt in my eye. And I don't understand. Me and Sykes, we went to see the love story last night at the movies. Gone with the Wind 2 returned to Tara. And I bet Sykes that he would cry like a baby. And he did. I didn't. Matthew, you and Beatrice were out on a date? No! Me with this hermit on a date? Are you kidding me? Hey, Sykes, I bet you can't remember last time you were on a real date. The hell I can't. It was, uh... Thank you very much. Uh... Well, don't you have something better to do, Zepeda? Yeah, I think I'll go figure out how to spend my winnings. For this episode summary, Kathy is reunited with a young boy she knew on the ship, but something terrible has happened to him. Kathy convinces George and Matt to look into this matter, and what they find is terrifying. George and Susan begin looking for daycare for Vesna. Kathy, I know you care about Andy, but you followed him? I just felt I had to, and I was right. I know Andy's in trouble, and I know Regak is behind it. This Regak, did he force Andy into the car? No. Did he harm him in any way? Well, no. Well, then, Kathy, what is it that you want me to investigate? Matt, we're not talking about just any overseer. Regak was the chooser. I worked in the nursery. I gave these children love. Regak would pick through the children and assign them their fates, where they would be sold, how they would live, and who would die. He took Andron from me on the ship, and he's got him now, and look what he's done to him. Please, Matt. There must be something we can do. And we have our normal cast, starting with Terry Trejas as Kathy Frankel. Uh, Mike Mitleider as co-host. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Ron Fazler as Captain Brian Grazer. Gary Graham as Detective Matt Sykes. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. Lauren Woodland as Emily Francisco. Sean Six as Buck Francisco. And Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. And for our guest cast, we have... Doug Ballard as Mr. Eugene. 
Martin Laplani as Troy, Margaret Howell as Andron's birth mother, Yvette Freeman as Helen, Mitchell Allen as young Andron, Vlado Bindi as desk clerk, Ellie Garlinick as female overseer, Maureen May as newcomer girl, Tom Paps as newcomer sacrifice, Van Quatro as male overseer, Jonathan Brandis as Andron, Dorothy Fielding as Ella Day, Barbara Bush. Any relation? No. No. Darn it. <laughs> Barbara Bush as Lorraine Clark. Yeah, did that look like Barbara Bush? No, not even close, but I had at least ass, okay? I saw Barbara Bush. Even right when the credits started opening, I tell Ken, he's all, no, Mike, it's not a good <laughs> Mike Preston as Rigak, which is the overseer. Chosen. The chosen, chosen one. The chooser guy. Yes. Yes. And we have Jenny Gago as Beatrice Zapetta. Hey, George, how you doing? Okay, I got your tongue. Can you get line two, please? No. Oh, yeah, got it. <laughs> What's wrong? I have trouble with a species that cares so little about the welfare of the children. Hey, I don't have all the answers, but you heard Lorraine. There's nothing we can do for Kathy. This isn't about Kathy. It's about Vesna. Daycare was a bust, huh? I'd as soon leave her in the janitor's closet all day. At least there she'd know she was loved. All right, let's go ahead and start discussing this episode. First of all, overall thoughts on this episode. Oh, you're asking me. I am I asking guess. you, yes. You know what? I really enjoyed it, actually. And let me tell you why. Okay. I liked because it's a Kathy episode. Um, you know I love and that. And that's why I'm shocked you asked me because I was going to ask you the same thing because it is a Kathy episode. No, I'm going to talk a lot, so I want you to get yours <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it because it has a great story. Um, and it had a great story with uh, George and Vesna and them trying to find daycare. So I, I can relate almost to that. That's true. Because having true. little babies and you have work, responsibility, right and trying to find the right person to care for. So it was, really, it was a great episode for me. I give it – I'm going I'm I'm to go eight and a half already. Nice. Nice. So, back to you, Ken. I know. Go ahead. I'm going to be quiet for about <laughs> five minutes. So I'm here, but I'm gone. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, no, I mean, I really, really liked this. this is, I mean, right when I popped it in and I saw the touch and I saw just the still frame of what the scene was going to be, I'm like, oh, I know this episode and I like it. I really like it. I was lost. I knew. Yeah, I knew. I remember this episode because it, it touched me way back when because it is a heavy Kathy episode. But it's also about love and, and, and just caring and, you know, about just kids, how you raise your kid. You know, because we have Vesna who's being... You know, they're trying to raise her with as much love as possible. And then you have this boy who was Andron. raised with no love. But he did raise with love and it was with Kathy. Up to a certain point, yes. Right. But he was taken away when he was very young. So again, it wasn't, even though Kathy wasn't a surrogate or his biological mother, yes. you know, he had, she had an unconditional love for this oh, child. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And this child loved yeah. her. Yeah. And yeah. you can see that, we'll get into it, but you can see it just gets torn apart. It's, yeah. It's just off, so. so, um, that, uh, it, this is a hard episode for me be, because of the character of Lorraine, because they kind of dismissed the whole Kathy Matt relationship in this episode, which bothered me. Yeah, well, because I asked you that, I go, yeah. I thought they were kind of seeing each other. And... Yeah, because they do introduce a new int- a love interest for who's a human for Matt, but they're they have this whole conversation about oh I don't remember the last time you dated. I'm like well. Is he just hanging out with Kathy? Are those not considered dates when are, they are they heavily flirting when they yeah, watch? I, I mean, it did. I just it, it bothered me because you know everyone knows I'm a huge Kathy and Matt shipper. So to throw this third person in, and I know where it goes, which kind of aggravates me to begin with. But 
You know. Oh, we might see a boycott thing. <laughs> just, to, just to let you know, it could happen. No, no, no. It's if you could see his facial it, expression it, when it, he said that, it legitimately pissed him off. It, it, it did. He's irritated. It he, did. He's a little irritated. But luckily, it's only these the next two episodes, um, which, you know, I can handle. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but, but no, overall, but we waited for 15 for the buildup, man. Okay? We waited so long to watch it just go to nothing. Yeah. That, it, it, but that's, so they were almost like friends. That's one of, like. my, one of my complaints about this episode. And that's a very minor complaint. It didn't take anything away from the whole story. It's just it bothered me that they didn't build on what they already shown. Yeah. Why would you bring someone else? I, I mean, mean it, especially this it, late it, of the season, too. It's causing conflict because Matt's still not 100% sure if he likes Kathy because she is a newcomer. And then you bring in a human female to kind of compete. Come on, they watched the Three Stooges together or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Come on. Well, they, they've knitted together. They've, yes, they've done. They bonded. Watch stars together. They bonded. But so, but yeah, my overall rating for this is definitely I would put it up there with like an eight point five. Yeah, I think me it's too. it's not as much as Chain of Love, but it's definitely up on. It's a, it's one of the higher ones. In the list of... We might have another podcast just for Chains of Love. I'm telling you. <laughs> we're going to do it again. Even though we already did one... Because it was good. We might just do a recap. Okay? Just an FYI. So stay tuned. Yeah. So it was definitely a good episode. Uh, like I said, I had a little qualms with it here and there, but nothing nothing major. Nothing distract me from the actual story, which was fantastic. So do we want to... You want to say, do you want to start off how... Yeah. Go ahead. Why don't we start off with the story? So, I mean, it's a very simple story. This is probably going to be a very quick podcast because there really is. I know we, I know we say that, and they wind up going for like an hour. An hour. <laughs> but, but no, really, it's going to be thirty minutes, and then an hour later. Well, yeah, you lied, guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, because I mean, there really is just. And Michael mentioned in the plot summary, it pretty much says what the everything is. Yeah, usually it takes me five minutes to read. It took me two, so you know. It's real short. <laughs> I mean, they find the boy whose name they call him Andy is Andron. But he goes by Andy in, on Earth. Um, they he escapes from the overseers that we don't know that they're overseers. Well, we know something shady with them, but we don't know exactly. Actually, we do know they're overseers. We see when yeah, you rest. see the overseer, you see the the tattoo. But we don't on know the what's happening with this. They're having some type people. of ritual. Yeah, they're doing some ritual. A boy, young it? young boys. Yeah, I guess teenagers, maybe even young teenagers. Yeah, young teenagers. Uh, and one of them actually kills the sacrifice, which is another newcomer, a right. newcomer male. Um, uh, but uh, but Andron runs away. He's scared and runs off. And then we cut to uh, the hospital where Kathy's talking about, you know, being overworked and blah blah blah. Oh, that yeah, they are, yeah, that was good. I, <laughs> so there's a um, black lady, mm-hmm. um, or African American, however you want to put it. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. And Kathy's like, yeah, I can't remember the last time I've been off before midnight. midnight. She goes, man, they're working us like slaves. I've been putting so much overtime. I didn't even know my son was flunking math. I know. I, I can't remember the last time I got home before midnight. Mm-hmm. They work us like slaves around here. Oh, sorry. And I'm just sitting there. My brother looks. I look, and he's like, "Isn't that ironic? You know, it was yeah. a black woman." But she feels. A f- she's like, oh, "She's I'm like, sorry. oh my god, I mean, offend you." Yeah. You know? And I'm it, like, "But it's kind of funny." Because... Weren't you? A, what's, what's that word? Oppressed a, a for <laughs> hundreds yeah. of years? You know, say. But it was just. It was. Yeah. It was know? interesting that it would come from a that she would feel that she overstepped the bounds. Yeah, she offended somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, was, with the word slavery, with the word slavery, right? When you know. It, it was just, it was a nice little twist. It was cool. There. Yeah. It was a cool little. It was a nice little moment. But anyways, Kathy sees uh, Andron in a, one of the uh, hospital rooms. And she instantly goes back and we do a flashback. Okay, with Kathy's character, we tend to do a lot of flashbacks to the ship. 
She's yeah. always we see a lot more of the sh- her life on the ship with Kathy's character. So she's back there and she's with Little Andron, who's a, obviously a different actor. Uh, playing who talks with, a lot. <laughs> yeah, talks much more than the much older Andron. Um, but she's playing with them, and you know that they have, must have a, a nice bond. And then all of a sudden, she goes up to him, and she goes, you know, she's calling out his name and saying who she is, and and uh, she goes to to touch his temple, and he freaks out. Yeah, because the temple is a place for love. That's and where they receive love, and kind, give love. Yeah, love and give love. You know, touching yeah. your your hands. That's why they always do the fist to the temple. Fist to the temple. Yeah. And as soon as that, he kind of like, eh, you know, kind of just yeah, flipped it was out too much. Right. There was like an emotional overload. It's me, Andron. Talada. Andron. See, on the flashback in the ship, she was doing it, and he was accepting it. Oh, it was just, he loved it. He it was just... Put his hands over her hands. Right. It, it was... Yeah. So she was kind of like, well, that's you, you know, yeah. and I was looking she, for you. And, yeah. So she was she was taken back, so she calls uh, Matt and George, who, uh, you know, go to the hospital. Uh, I'm going to just do the A story, and then we'll go back to the B story. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, they go to the hospital, and the they find the mother... Or supposed mother of Andy. Yeah, fingers are quoting. Yeah. Supposed mother. Yeah, in quotes. You know him on the ship? I cared for him. I worked in the nursery for a short while. His name is Andron. He's a very special child. He's very loving. After quarantine, I spent a lot of time searching for him. Finally, I was told that he died. They found him last night in a dumpster. No child was reported missing. We've located the mother. That's very strange. Why wouldn't a parent report their child missing? Uh, who's the woman? Child welfare. The boy looks frightened. He won't speak, he won't eat, and he recoils from the slightest touch. Andy? Oh, Andy. Mrs. Day? Yes, how's my boy? Well, mostly dirty. I'm Lorraine Clark. We spoke on the phone. Can I take him now? Excuse me, Mrs. Day. I'm Detective Francisco. And I'm Detective Sykes. Uh, police? Yeah. Did Andy get into trouble? Oh, no, ma'am. We'd just like to ask you a few questions, like, why didn't you report your boy as missing? I went to bed early last night. I didn't notice he was missing until this morning. I, I was just about to call the police when Miss Clark called me. What happened to Andron? I knew him before we landed. He injured his head when the ship came down. Crash trauma, they call it. He was so vibrant and so alive. He doesn't even know me now. I'm so sorry. Andy, let's go. Thank you. And, you know, she she says that, you know, she didn't report her son missing because she just got up and, you know, she went to bed before. I don't know. It was, it was a bullshit story. To there begin we go. With. Sorry. Yes, it was. It was, <laughs> it was definitely. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> but, um,. But they, and, and and George though George and, and Matt right away they're like you know something's yeah well you know. Kathy too because yeah Kathy that's why Kathy called them and they're yeah. like you know why are yeah. detectives here but something seemed kind of something was just slightly off kilter but then that's where they introduced the new girl uh, Matt's potential 
girlfriend, Lorraine. Whoa, that, that's the last quickie bar. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Are you waiting for this? No, no. Uh, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> Good. I miss breakfast. You eat quickie bars for breakfast? Call me a health nut. You were waiting for this, weren't you? Well, uh, yeah, but... Uh, well, you don't look like the kind of guy who could pass up a quickie, so... Well, you don't have to do this. Well, junk food lovers are an endangered species. We should stick together. Besides, I kept the big half. Because she's a junk food junkie like Matt, and they seem to... They hit it off over a quickie bar. But quickie uh, bar, <laughs> huh? That's my new term for this episode. What are you doing? I'm on the quickie bar. <laughs> but um, they, um, she says, you know, you know, the mother is cooperating with her. Everything seems to be legit. That Andy can go home with her, and Kathy's just, you know, she goes, "Do you know what a what's going tech- on?" Well, that was after. This is this is before. This is where she's like, you know. You know, she's oh, like, is the very... what's wrong with them? You know, right. He was so loving as a child, and they said that he had um, some sort of ship brain, brain damage brain when, the, when the ship crashed. Yeah, the, yep. when the ship crashed. So now he's a little off. Um, and, you know, and everyone takes it and accepts it, but kind of in the back of their mind, like something just doesn't feel right here. So they let her go, and then we, uh, Kathy, actually, because Matt's like Matt and. and and George are like, we can't do anything. She's done nothing wrong. She hasn't broken any laws. We can't do anything. The house is checked out. Yeah. Everything seems legit. Yeah. And then, so Kathy goes and she spies on, on Andy at the school. So he gets out of school and he gets into the car of that redneck guy. Redneck. And Kathy knows who he is. I mean, obviously. She I think they all do. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, all newcomers know the name and know him. So uh, she goes and... Um, you know, she goes and tells Matt and George that this is happening. I'm afraid Miss Frankel is mistaken. I don't know anyone named Regak. He was the overseer known as the Chooser. Still don't know who he is? I don't associate with overseers. Then why did Andy climb into his car yesterday after school? Kathy. My son comes home from school on a special bus. I've gone through all of this with Miss Clark. What are your findings? I'll be filing a favorable report. Mrs. Day was very cooperative, and what I found was a clean and positive environment for Andy. Then why is he acting like a walking vegetable? That is so cruel. When Andron was under my care on the ship, he was a healthy child. What is he now? A child who suffered an injury. I don't believe you. And I don't believe he was injured in the crash. Andy has been abused, and I think that we should have him tested. Wait a minute. This woman is following my son around like a lunatic, and I'm the one who's being accused? He is my son. And if you and your partner don't keep her away from him, I'm going to be filing some charges of my own. You're not going to just let her go. There has been no crime. You obviously care deeply for Andy. I wish I could give you more assurances. But based on my criteria, Andy's home is sound. But your criteria is made by humans to protect humans. Andron is a newcomer and you don't understand him. Kathy, that's not fair. Tell me, Miss Clark, when you visited his home, was his me car full of Joa? Joa? Was his nailip facing the rising moon? But it was a positive environment. George, please. 
Thank you. We're trying. And, you know, they have to do something. They have the, the mom, the supposed mom in there, Lorraine's in there. And now Girl she's thinking Br- she's Brian psycho Razor's. because yeah. she thinks yeah. this lady, you got some lady stalking, stalking my, child, my child. And I'm going to. Yeah, the mom's overreact. I mean, she's. She's getting upset and talking about getting the commissioner involved. And and then, of course, Captain Grazer. Grazer is like, oh, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> that guy, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Just get a spine, buddy. Get a spine, you know. Come on, dude. Yeah, but at least he, he was still backing up his, his team. He well, kind of. Really... You know, he says we'll get to the bottom of it. But they said... When he said it, it was to like help her, I think, and then George and Matt's eyes were like, yeah, we'll get to the bottom of it because they know she's already kind of shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they already well, know they're something's all, they're, up. Yeah, they're finding more and more information. Right. Lorraine found out that this mom isn't truly. No, they they found out that he had no brain problem. Remember? Oh that? yeah, that's where that's that was. First. That's where the first. That's the first. They one. found out he had no then brain again, issue. But they brought that up in the little meeting, and the mom's like, "You know, alien affairs. You know, they're you know all the red tape and paperwork gets misplaced, and which is probably true because you when you have that many two hundred fifty thousand new people coming into our world, oh, and that's like George things said, are gonna fall through the cracks. And like George said too, they weren't sure about their rights anyway, so yes. they didn't cross. They didn't question because they found a, because there were like twenty. Yeah, children. found more with that or with uh, yeah. adoptive yeah. parents. I and guess. these parents just accepted that their kids had died during the crash because they had very little rights to begin with. Yeah, so they were going to say, "No, my kid's alive." Yeah, go search for him. Right. You so know, they exactly. I so, so I mean, there's a it, it, there's some truth and understanding to this fictitious mom's, you know. Um, reasoning. I mean, it does make sense. It's like, right. yeah, okay, I can understand that. But she's still acting suspicious. She's still not, you know, the red flags are going off. And Kathy's upset. Oh, yeah, because again, the cops say we can't, because you know, the woman leaves and she's like, well, aren't you going to do anything? And, and Matt's like, we can't. And yeah, George, she did she's nothing She's like, George? Wrong. And George is like, I, we can't. She did nothing wrong. She goes, but I can. But uh, not like that, yeah. She says in Tank Denise only to yeah. George. Yeah. Oh, this is the part where Michael was talking about where the Lorraine says, That's right. well, the, I went to the house and it's great and it's a great environment. And then Kathy's like, yeah, did uh, do you know if his... Is his pointed north? Is <laughs> she, she used a lot of taking these terms and Lorraine is like dumbfounded. She has no idea what she's talking about. And she's like, but yeah, yeah, but, but it's a safe environment, sure. And, you know... But even Lorraine later on kind of goes, you're right, no, we don't she know. Was, she, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was Kathy being a little snarky, but it was... There well, was reason for because it. Because Kathy loves this kid. Yes, this there is was not the reason. kid that... She felt like nothing was happening. Right. But there truly wasn't anything they could do, legally. So she takes it into her own hands. Which she shouldn't have. Yeah. And she winds up ki- uh, kidnapping Andron. Which I still think is stupid that she left the chloroform towel. Ken, it's a TV show. Know, and it was the best part. My brother's like, wouldn't you think you put the chloroform first and then not open it in well, front no, she of the does kid? It, she does it like right... On his nose, but right down on his face, she pulls it, she shows the rag and it shows her pouring in. I know why they're doing it because they want to show it's the effect, Ken. I know, I know, I know. It's just me nitpicky, but (laughs) but uh, she kidnaps Andron, and of course, everybody knows who who took her, who took Andron. Well, because they found the exact same stuff in Kathy's apartment, yeah, that's what Matt said. Oh, I don't remember, yeah, they found that that stuff in the apartment, that's how they linked it, okay. Um, 
so now Kathy's on the run with little Andy, uh, trying to break through, and he's not receptive. And finally, he starts. She gives him a, a pad of paper and pens to draw, and he starts a big, drawing. like sixteen by twenty pad. Yeah, and he starts drawing pictures. Um, and they do flashbacks again to you know him, her having to walk because the 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 Rignac, the chosen came through, and I guess he he gives all the kids their job. Do you say Grignac? Isn't that rock from Galaxy Quest? Uh, that's what Grignac. <laughs> it sounds similar. It's Rigac. Rigac. That's it. <laughs> isn't, I'm all, isn't Grignac the rock from Galaxy Quest? We'll do that podcast another time. Thank you. Okay. You missed me. Rigac. Rigac is the chosen, and he's the one that chooses all the duties of all the kids when they come of age. So he goes through and he picks them. You're going to be in the mine. You're going to be in the acid pit. You're going to do this. You're going to be an overseer, and you're going to get killed. Yeah. So he he saw Andron and he's like, you know, he's going on the upper levels, which obviously meant he was going. Well, because he had like a T-Rex tattooed on his well, head. Yeah, it was no, it wasn't neat. a T-Rex. It was. Come on, dude. Look at that little. Look like. But, you know? but what it really was, it's it, they're negative. They're, no, they're not filled in spots. Yeah. They're just circles with no fill and no uh, pigment in them. Well, one of them looked like a T-Rex, just to tell you. Okay? <laughs> if Eric Pierpoint has an E on his, and he has a little T-Rex on okay. his, period. Okay. All right. Well, the whole point was that that was blank. There's no actual color in the spots um, that signified that he was a chosen one. Yeah, so they get to the hotel, and um, it's um, – gosh, not – what's his name? Rigak? Great, yeah, the Rigak. overseer choser guy. How's that? Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, I butchered the names of things. I'm sorry. <laughs> so him and his buddy, pardon there, I think it's Troy, um, they're there and they talk to the uh, bellman or the desk, front desk, desk clerk, guy. Yeah. How long must we sweep this gutter? Until we find the child. May I help you? Only Dregna sleep in this dump. Look familiar? Room 21. And he sa- they say a, a, a slag name that only... A, yeah, it's like a slang. It's like a slag name, sorry. A slang yeah. towards... A derogatory Newcomer. comment towards newcomers. Yeah. And they said a, a few times in this. And, they, you know, he gives them a picture with the $100 bill. And the guy's like, oh, yeah. He's room 23. Room 21. Yeah, one of those rooms. 21, can yeah. I remember that, okay? Did you watch the same episode, okay? <laughs> Room 21. I'm old. I don't have a good Jesus. memory. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, they go. They break in. They grab Kathy. They grab uh, Andy. And they're gone. Uh, but before this, we got a uh, shoot called Matt before they uh, arrived. Sykes. Line two. Later. Sykes. It's Kathy. Tracy. Yeah. Kathy. Hello, Matt. Kathy, where are you? I called to tell you that we're safe. <laughs> Listen to me. Do yourself a favor and come in now. No. Damn it, I mean it! Kathy, look, we're talking felony here. I can help you, but only if you come in now. I can't do that. I don't know why, but they've done terrible things to Andron here and on the ship. We're going to nail Rigak and Mrs. Day. We're making headway. They won't get away with... You can't promise that. Then you're going to have to trust me. I do trust you. But as long as you can't promise Andron's in danger, and I won't take that risk. Kathy, please. And not until I find the Andron I once knew. Kathy, where are you? 
I won't be anywhere long. Goodbye, Matt. Kathy, don't... Got it. They trace the call so Matt knows where she's at as well. So they're off while they're getting kidnapped. When they get to the room, the guy, bell clerk says, oh, yeah, you know, they're in room 21. There you go. And... With, he's the like, other, with, with, with the other, the other two. With the other guys. Yes. And they're like, oh, crap. So they run in. Of course, everything's disheveled. They know that she was kidnapped. And that Andy's kidnapped. And now they know who. And they're also getting more and more information. Like I had mentioned earlier, they're finding out that these, that, 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 uh, the woman who claimed to be Andy's mom wasn't really his mom. They're, they all work for the same company. They're all the same adopted. Company. Yes. And they're all part, and that's all Rigax Yeah. It's also say with him. So now they're putting two and two together. They get the pictures, and they had they had a sixty five cars with a possible match, yes. with, with Andy when he left. So they find out that this chooser guy, the chooser guy, they find out where he is, and they find out that a car is registered to yes, one of his properties, the embassy, the yeah, to one of his embassy. properties, yeah. So they put two and two together, and yeah. But before that, they're looking at the pictures, and they're putting two and two together, which they're they're doing it for the audience. Because the pictures show a kid getting a uh, like a silver ring put around his temples to stop him from touching, from getting love that way, and it's showing them being brainwashed, and it's showing them kill Isolated. the person that they love, right? Um, with like a double-edged heart stabber thing. <laughs> it's the double-edged heart stabber. That's almost as good as me, the chooser guy. You know, we're calling the double-edged heart stabber thing and the chooser guy because that's all we got, people. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, <sighs> What do you see, George? There's a pattern in these sketches of Andy's. The child is torn from someone close to him. Fixed with some kind of temple guard. Isolated, as if being prepared or brainwashed. For some type of sacrificial ceremony. What do these markings on the sacrifice mean? They're technically symbols for love. Right, the, the kid kills love? Or kills the one he loves to become Plisanso. They're going to make Andy kill Kathy. They rush to the location, and uh, Kathy's lying there chained up, and, and Andron's about to stab her, and she's pleading with him that he is loved to remember, and he's hesitating. You know he's not fully converted yet. Um, so he has the, the knives over her heart. And then uh, Sykes comes in and says, police. And then the Rigat guy tries to push Andy's hand down. And Matt shoots him in the back. Takes a shot in the back. Yeah, takes him out. And then there's the idiot Troy guy, his partner, tries to grab George. And George gets upset. George is not like Clayson soon. Put your hands on your head. Yeah. (laughs) He was not happy. Uh, but as Michael mentioned, he's like, oh, wow, they just got a whole bunch of overseers. Which is true. They probably got about six or seven that were in that room. Got him. Yeah. Um, and of course, so, you know, Kathy's saved, Andron saved, and then you go and back to... Start reuniting all the other kids with... Yeah, their, they go back to... Their... Yeah, all, all the kids they have, yeah. They're going to go back to the precinct. The only, the only one we see is we see uh, Andy's real parents. And I uh, and like I was telling my brother, I go, why didn't we see him on the ship? And why was Andron with just Kathy? And I believe it was the daycare or nursery or whatever she said she was doing, but still, I mean... No, I understand. If it was a, I think it was a daycare, and a daycare makes sense because the parents go to work. 
And if but he, on the ship, I mean, I don't think the overseers would give a crap about him. It's like, kids, <laughs> stay home. Parents, go do your stuff. And you know, I don't no, know. I, I think for being, they, they need another work. They need to keep the workforce going. So they need the kid to survive. Yeah. All right. You I was know. slightly confused. <laughs> but yeah, so they introduce the parents and uh, Andron's doing a little bit better. And then Kathy has a moment with them and gives them this ball with Tinkanese written on it. It's like a crystal ball. With Tinkanese written over it, which we saw in a flashback. He sees it. He kind of gives a smile, gets up, starts to walk away, and then turns back around, goes back to Kathy, who's uh, kneeling on the ground where she still was when he left. And he takes her hand and he pushes it against his temple. Um, Which means he can be loved again. Yes, which he's allowing her to love him. And it was a nice moment. It's all slow-mo and the music's playing and a little tear comes down my eye. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. It was good. It was a nice it's moment. Gabby. It was a nice moment. Oh, come on. It was a nice moment. God, I'm going to smack the kid into <laughs> since and then next time. Gosh. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. No, uh, that's the end of the A. We well, that's, just, just, well, that's the end of the episode, but now we're going to go back and do the B story, which was a really simple story. It was pretty much... That's no daycare gonna... done. All right, let's go. <laughs> there was a B and a slightly C story. So we'll go with the B story first, and that was with... Uh, Vesna and daycare with George because he brings Vesna into the precinct because the babysitter flaked on him and um, Susan had to Susan go to was work. already gone. She already had so to go to work. He didn't know what to do, so he came in with Vesna. Oh, good morning, Captain. What is that? Uh, It's an oscillator. It's important for newcomer infants to receive an abundance of circular motion. It's good for the harmony of their being. Why is she harmonizing in my squad room? I'm sorry, but the babysitter didn't show, and Susan had already left for work. I I didn't know what else to do. Look, I understand you've got family problems, but uh, this is no place for a... Asia Jim has this weird bassinet thing that's rotating on It rotates. Some, and then he had his uh, sling on the fall. You parents out there, you stick your baby in the sling. Baby in the sling, yeah. And he's, he's trying yeah. to talk to her. And it was <laughs> being it was, dorky. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. And then, you know, the baby's crying. And then this is what starts the episode about touch about and touch love. And, and then love. he puts his, you know, fist to her temples. Yeah. And she stops. And my brother goes, why didn't he do that like 10 minutes this ago? This baby like the kid's screaming crying, the whole time. Crying and crying. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, watch this, Matt. And he goes over and he touches her temple. And she's silent. And I'm like, why didn't you think about doing that? That would have been nice. We didn't hear the baby screaming. Because it's a TV show. <laughs> TV show. Oh. Maybe you never got the touch. Hey, pal. I have the touch. No, I don't mean a way to get on with women. I mean a way to give and receive love. Watch. For us, the temples are the center where love is received and from which love flows. It's especially important for the young to feel and experience this love. Perhaps that's your problem. You never got enough of the touch or its human equivalent when you were a child. So, um, yeah, so that happens. And then uh, while Matt is out, or while George is out, 
that's what's being watched by Albert, which we never see Albert in this no. episode, but we do hear that you know she's in the janitor's closet being taken care of by Albert, which makes sense. And and being Albert a typical dad, you know, he has to call every, every five two, minutes, yes. and yeah, you know, especially with Albert and 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 George is like, well, he's in the she's in the janitor's closet, you know. Yeah, he's just not. He's yeah, he's an overprotective dad, which it makes sense. Yeah. Maybe I should call the station again. George, you can't spend all day on the phone. Albert will take care of Vesna. He's her been on. Well, I'm her father. And the thought of her spending all day in a janitor's closet makes me rot under the collar. Uh, that's hot. Besides, she'll be on the spinner. She'll think it's the Ritz. She doesn't throw up. No. I'm going to go. It will only take a second. And then, and, then, and then Susan and George later on go to... Uh, well, first of all, yeah, they're at home and yeah, they're up to and um, Buck's trying to Buck's trying to feed Vesna the chunky. And my brother goes, stuff. "You ain't getting that stuff through a bottle. I don't care who." It looks like it's trying chunky, to do. It like, like spinach something. And it, yeah, and they're pouring it into a bottle, and the baby's gonna suck it through a little nipple. There's no way. Bottom line is, um, they do the temples. Yeah, Vesna's not eating. Right, and then. Um, yeah, Susan does the temple, and it's like, oh, he's, she's not hungry. She just needs love. And, and they're and like, they're what, freaking George, out. George, what, what, you're yeah. not doing it? Every hour? And, and he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I can't. I'm too busy. And Susan's like, well, maybe I can stay home a few days and work from home. For only two days. But we need, definitely need something. And Buck's opposed to it. He's like, she should be with her family and well, yeah, daycare. You know, oh, here, Buck. Let me feed her. I don't think she's hungry. She won't take her bottle. We lost another sister. <laughs> That's the sixth in three weeks. Can't we find anyone reliable? No, she's not hungry. She just needs Sehamtha. Denta Sehamtha? George, you're not giving her the touch every hour? Sorry. Maybe I can work at home for the next two days, but after that... I think we're going to have to put her in daycare. Daycare? No, Vesta needs to be with her family, not strangers. Well, who do you suggest stays home? Buck, this family needs two incomes. I'll make an appointment. So, so they go to this daycare, and this yes. was, this was actually kind of weird. It was I mean. a freaky daycare. It's, first of all, they walk in; it's just a room, has like this you know rainbow painted on the wall, like a stripe type thing, and there's like eight chairs with kids watching a TV screen. And I told my brother if my kid was at that type of daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Not flying, dude. You but better, it's, it's, you better be educating. It my was kid. very sterile. It was just like, yeah, TV entertaining. Let's just pop the TV on and let the kids watch. Sit there and watch. And then they went to the infant area, and there's like a crib, and then there's all these electronical arms, and there's another TV screen, and it's all automated. And was that baby real in there? Or was that no? Just it was a fake demonstration. Baby. That was a demonstration. Because I'm yeah. going. No, that was a fake baby. But I mean, it's everything is everything is the best of 1996. Yeah, it's a future. Yeah. Um, if it there's dampness in the diaper, the red siren goes off. Yes, and, and then there's like one nurse who manages all of the babies of the infants. See, this was before the computer world took over our jobs. See, they were taking over jobs way back then before we even knew it. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, right. but uh, but it just it was very sterile and very mechanical, very cold, extremely cold. And and George and Susan are like, okay, that's you know, thank you very much. <laughs> He's like, well, I didn't get to show you. Yeah, you they're know? like, well, maybe next time because they're out of there. And as they're leaving, they're like, this is like the ship, and there's no way. And See, that just goes to show you that they need the touch, not even, you know, not a human touch or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But again, this robotic thing, you know, taking care of their child. And it's like, no, you need that, that connection. Need that, that, yes, even a human or take the need. Whatever. Yeah, you need a connection. Baby needs Affection, connection, a touch. Yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I, I like so, how they really made it. I mean, 
like you say, it was bad. Dude. It looked oh like yeah, some, it was horrible. Yeah, some you know, wow. I can't. Yeah. Even, it was. I can't even explain. It was just. It was a really yeah. I mean, whoever would put their bad baby, environment. Whoever would put their baby in that environment is really bad. Should parents. we should call CPS and they should take that <laughs> child away? Just saying. It, yeah, it was pretty hor- horrific. And yep. oh, George is upset because he's back in the precinct with Matt. He's like, I cannot believe how your race handles your children. You know. Um, and then he asked. He asked uh, Captain Grazer if yes. they can do a daycare. Yes. And Grazer's like, George, yeah, this, this is, is a, police... a police station. Yeah. This is you know the central hub. I mean, yeah. well, what are we gonna do? Yeah. There's you know we're not, we can't. We can't, can't do this. But without that sense of loving, without proper attention from family, our little ones will suffer, both human and newcomer. I'm sorry, Francisco. My decision's final. No daycare in the precinct. But there are many officers here with young children. Don't you care about their morale? Uh, daycare would bolster their attitudes, their performances. Would it? Uh, what about the police calls missed while they're off cooing junior? Our job is to serve the public, not strain peas. Uh, but, Captain, think of all of the extra hours the officers would be willing to work knowing their child is safe virtually at arm's length. Safe? This is a police squad room, Francisco. Look, my wife and I may be childless, but I can still sympathize with your dilemma. George, I, I just don't have the solution for it. Neither do I. And George is trying to plead, but you'll get better morale. You'll, people will work longer because their kids are here. They're blah, safer, blah, blah, blah. yeah. And, and Grazer's like, no, yeah. sorry, not going to He is sympathetic. He's not a hardcore Well, because he goes, it. well, because me and my wife don't have a child does not mean I don't understand. But he's yeah, still, that guy's a uh, dude. I think he sympathized. He uh, was, he sympathized I'm with him. I want to smack him. <laughs> so <laughs> that story kind of just falls by the wayside, and the other story takes over the, the main A yeah. story until the very end where actually – Grazer sees this Redeem, kid. He, he redeemed himself because yes. I was getting mad. Yeah, because he sees this kid, Andy, with his parents and, you know, how much kind of realizes and, and realizes this is probably a good idea to have the parents with the kid. So he agrees to turn the weight room into a daycare, a daycare and get a few stuffed animals and hopefully some for of the trial the period. Kids. For a trial period. Of course. Uh, Francisco. Yes, Captain. Look, about your uh, daycare idea. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could Clear out the weight room, get some stuffed animals or something. On a trial basis, for Of course, Scott. of course. Okay. Thank you, Captain. Um, so that's how they kind of take care of that. And then the sea story. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm curious. What's the sea story? The sea story is the whole uh, Matt and Lorraine. Oh, God. we it's, already talked about but that. But it's a little, but there's story. a, but it's a little minor thing. But they do go out on a date on a, to a malt shop, um, and they're both picking out on like an ice cream sundae, <laughs> jelly donuts with hot chocolate and bubblegum ice cream. Mm-hmm. A mere midnight snack. How about a double chili cheeseburger, pork rinds, and a triple thick shake? No, no, no. Check this, Captain Crunch. Chocolate milk, whipped cream with butterscotch topping, chased by root beer float, all before 7 a.m. <laughs> I'm impressed. Mm. Well, my mother was a nutritionist. <laughs> Excuse me, can we have some extra hot fudge, please? It's all good for you. Mm. All except for the banana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really glad that we could have lunch today. I, um, I felt bad that there wasn't more that I could do for your friend. She's taking it all pretty hard. Well, we can only imagine how they went through on that ship. Yeah, I've seen my partner relive some of it. Yeah. 
It isn't easy, but Kathy's strong. You know, she was right. And we hardly know anything about their species. I mean, especially in my line of work. Yeah, well, when you figure them out, let me in on it, okay? Well, come on, your partner's a newcomer. You're with them all day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's put it this way. They're not exactly easy to understand. I'll tell you what, Sykes. Mm. You come over sometime and you give me your insight into who they are. Mm -hmm. And I will make you the best deep-fried macaroni and cheese hot dog pie that you've ever had. A pretty light dinner. I'm out for breakfast. Yeah, everything bad, and she said... The only bad part is the banana, yeah. <laughs> which is the best part. But she also <laughs> offers to make him a mac and cheese, a deep Baked, fries, yeah. mac and cheese, hot dog, something. And Mago, that's, like, that's kind of uh, light for, for dinner. dinner. And she's like, I meant for breakfast. And I'm I was like, like yeah, oh, dude, she shoots quick. Shoot score, buddy. <laughs> I don't he didn't like have her. to work for it. I don't Quickie like bar, <laughs> Quickie bar, and she gave him a gift of Quickie bars. Yes, yeah, she did. She get, he opened a bag and there was like four or five wrap. I'm like, oh, Quickie I bar. Don't like her. Quickie bar. Don't like the woman. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that was she's getting in between them. Ken hates that. I do. <laughs> Takes away the focus. So um, yeah. So that's the Yay. episode. It was a nice, sweet, simple episode. Nothing too crazy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we get a little bit more behind the scenes of how overseers are created. You know, that was kind of cool to that whole... Because you never really knew, really. We No. no. And you know uh, Kathy's uh, Tectony's name? Jelana. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jelana. Jelana. Jelana, yeah. Uh-huh. See, he didn't. I had to look at me and I'm going, ah. No, I knew what it was. I just can't remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's Jelana. It's not Grignac. We know that. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. Reagan's been out of office eight years, and his hair is still not gray. Ronald Reagan, an amazing man. The president who put the family first in the first family. That's something we can all be proud of. I'm Mr. Eugene. You must be Mr. and Mrs. Francis. Yes. Well, won't you let me show you our demonstrator? This is a scaled-down version of our sensory room, which is a loving nest to over 200 other happy tots. Now, I see from your family profile chart that you're looking for such an abode for little Cessna. Oh, Cessna. What a beautiful name that is, too. Well, I think she'll love this sensory room. All of her needs, from nutrition to stimulation, are taken care of. Yes, this room was designed to give today's child, be they newcomer or human, everything it needs in today's world. A personal touch through technology. Yeah, personal touch? Everything's computerized. The best 1996 has to offer. Each containment unit is sensory wired so the nurse on duty can monitor them all. Uh-oh. As you can see, this little baby has activated its dampness sensor. In mere moments, it would be dried, powdered, and back online. Now, that's a personal touch our competitors can't touch. <laughs> well, um, thank you very much for your time. Oh, well, leaving so soon? I just about to demonstrate the automated formula pumps. It's quite impressive. Maybe some other time. This place reminds me of the ship. There's no place to house our little Cessna. All right, time for some behind the scenes. We have a few little tidbits here. I'll start us off. Guest star Jonathan Brandis, who played um, Andron, is best known to genre fans for his co-starring role in the 1990s Spielberg-produced TV series Sequest DSV. 
Unfortunately, Jonathan committed suicide in November of 2003. He was young. Oh, I didn't I know I remember that. when he killed himself. Yeah, it was horrible. That's not good. This was the writer's way of bringing in the topic of child abuse into the series. Actress Terry Treos, Kathy, was involved with organizations that dealt with this issue. Cool. Did you know about that? I didn't until I wrote that down. Now we know. Now we know. Mm-hmm. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Although credited, Laura Woodland, who plays Emily Francisco, does not appear in this episode. Also, Albert Einstein is not in this episode, but he is mentioned. I was going to say that because when we were reading the credits off, you know, the names. Yeah. But I didn't because you probably had it behind Of course. Scene, yeah, so. <laughs> and our final little tidbit here. Approximately 400 alien heads were used to film season one. That's crazy. That's a lot. That is a lot. Isn't that a lot? Yeah, but you got to remember, they probably didn't reuse a lot of heads. Because they get put on, taken off, put on, taken off. I'm sure at times they so many times, huh? Yeah, they only can do... It's only latex. Yeah, you know, true. I'm sure they were durable and they can reuse them for a while. But plus there's a, you know, there's a, we, you know, just because we don't see them major on screen, you see 20, 30 of them at the cop station or walking the streets or. Yeah, that's when you just get that little flesh cap thing and stick it on, make it look like. But there's still, those are to considered alien heads. Oh, goodness. Not so, Jesus. yeah. We're sympathetic to the situation, Mrs. Day. We want your boy found safe as well. Everything possible is being done. Oh, Yes, an APB or whatever you call it. And your two very best detectives assigned to the case. Is there a problem here? I have a problem when the detective in charge is the suspect's boyfriend, yes. I'm not her boyfriend, lady. Well, whomever she is, she has kidnapped my son. Kidnapping? You sure it wasn't a rescue mission? Sykes. How dare you say that? Well, then maybe you can tell us why the Bureau of Newcomer Affairs said Andy was released from quarantine with a clean bill of health. There was no record of severe crash trauma. Their records are inaccurate, and you know it. I am not on trial here. Are you going to let them talk to me that way? Mrs. Day, please. Oh, maybe the commissioner would object. Hold it. Please, let's just settle down here. Go home. Try to be patient. Uh, I promise we'll keep you posted. We're doing everything we can. And you, both keep digging. Oh, we'll keep digging, Captain. You can count on it. Okay, now for some fun newcomer names in this episode. Yeah, we had one. We did. <laughs> you know, Rigax, Earth name, Mardi Gras. Yep. Is an obvious reference to Mardi Gras, the celebration held just before the beginning of Lent. The cities most famous for the Mardi Gras celebration include Rio de Janeiro, Venice, and in the United States, New Orleans, Louisiana. Did you know that? I knew about Mardi Gras. I knew Gras, about Mardi yes. Gras. Me too. That's like, I didn't know well, what's that. What's funny is that they don't really use Mardi Gras. We hear one reference. It's Rigak throughout the entire series or the entire episode. But they do mention that his or his Earth name given is, is Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. You even said, oh, Mardi Gras. And I was like, woohoo, Earth needs, <laughs> man. Yeah. Lori, hi. Hi, George. Oh, um, thanks. I just found out something very interesting. Yeah, I just hit gold myself. Been doing some digging on this Mrs. Day. Get this. She's on a payroll of a holding company owned by Marty Gras. Marty Gras? That's his earth name. On the newcomer ship, he was known as Rigak. She works for the chooser? Well, maybe this helps or maybe it doesn't, but I, I just found out that when Andy was released from quarantine, he wasn't released to his natural mother. Day isn't his real mother? George, how could that be? With the intricate tissue typing, that should have been impossible. Well, it's possible his real parents are out there somewhere. I've been trying to track them down. You can find us all over the internet. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Alienation Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Alienation Cast. You can follow me personally at 
Master Jedi 1975. Or you can follow me personally at Geeky Fanboy. We are now on Stitcher Radio. You can download the app on any mobile device and listen to us anytime. And we always love getting reviews on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, type in Alien Nation Podcast, and we would love if you give us a five-star review. You can download the podcast, you can listen to the podcast, or just read show notes at alienationpodcast.com. We love getting feedback from you guys. If you want to send any comments about an episode, about a podcast, anything at all, you can send those to alienationpodcast at gmail.com. Pretty spooky stuff. This poor kid. Couldn't have been very happy when he drew this. What is that they're putting on his head? It seems to be a metallic band covering his temples. George, didn't you say the temples were some sort of love center or something? It is where newcomers receive love. Why would they want to cover that? I don't know. Rigak, the chooser, he's behind all of this. What does an overseer want with these children? What if he is continuing his mission, like, like Odessa? Time out, George. After their defeat in World War II, the most militant surviving Nazis, particularly the SS, regrouped, planned, orchestrated the survival of the Nazi party, the race. That is what the temple bands are for. By denying them love, he is turning them into... Monsters. He's turning them into overseers. All right, so we only have one more episode to go for season one. Oh, man. I know. Kind of bums me out. But we are doing the TV movies. Dun, dun, dun. And there's five of those. So we'll be back. We'll be back, and we're doing <laughs> the books and the comic books, and we're doing, a, and we're going to do the actual, actual theatrical film, Alienation. So we have a lot more, a lot more to come. Gee. But but when the series is over, which is after the next episode, we wanted to do a listener comment podcast. So that is going to be so much fun. Yes. So we want to get your guys' feedback on what you thought of season one of Alienation, what you thought of the actual series itself, what you thought of us, what the podcast. You know, we don't have a, a huge listener following, but we do have a loyal listener following. And that's what's important. And Oh, yeah. And we would love to hear from you guys. You can either send us... Written emails, which we will read on the podcast, or you can send us audio comments, which is even better because we can play those on the podcast. Um, whatever you, you can send us tweets, Facebook posts, you however you want to communicate with us, we would love to hear from you. So any way you can, respond to us. Yes, email let us, us know because obviously the more we get from you guys, the better the podcast will be. Because I mean, we have already gotten previous emails. Over the season that we've been doing these podcasts, which we will read. So we already have some that you guys sent to us previously, which are fantastic. But we would love to get more. We would love to get audio comments, your thoughts on, like I said, a specific episode, the entire season, a character, um, the style of the podcast, anything. Just I think I might send it an audio clip. You can't send it an audio oh, clip. Oh, come on, man. I'm a fan, too. You'll be, I know, but, but if I still listen, I'm still a fan. You'll be on the podcast. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Well, that one time I wasn't, so I could do a thing. There you go. That is true. You did miss last one. Yes. So go ahead and send all your comments to alienationpodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. We both gave it an 8.5. We really enjoyed it. I I loved it. It was good. Good, good, good. good. Well, I am Kenny. And I'm Michael. But before we go, always remember. I got a good one, Ken. Quickie bar, quickie bar, quickie bar. See ya. <laughs> All right, tell me, Sykes, how is the malt shop with Lori? I can't it, Zepeda. Come on, did you use two straws or one? I don't sip and tell. Mm-hmm.
Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Ghost infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but. Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, Matloaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learn? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? Alien Nation, the newcomer's podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 8th. For this week's episode summary, Kathy is... Dorothy Fielding... Dorothy Fielding as... Dorothy Fielding as Ella May... Venice and in the United States, Lord... New Orleans, Louisiana. And then the rigat, rigat. <laughs> and then the rigat come, uh,